Welcome to Church Jams Now, the podcast where three former youth group kids and current music nerds deep dive into Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. I am, of course, your co-host, Kylan Savage, and with me, as always, is Mr. TJ Smith. Hello, Kylan. Hey, buddy. You sound like Patreon bot. Well, I, I was taking a page out of Do his you have book, something his... you need to tell us, TJ? No, what are you, what are you talking about, man? I was just, okay. I was really excited about the album that we're going to cover on this episode, okay. so I wanted to say hello to you. Hello okay. or high water? Hello, oh, nice. Hello, Tyler or high water. Tyler or high water. Uh, <laughs> and Basically. we also have our beautiful producer, Josh Olson. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey. Or high water, Josh. Or high water, Josh. <laughs> it is really funny to do part A's of episodes right after we do a part B. I feel like we, we're a little punchier. A little silly. In the intro. <laughs> um, this is, of course, part of our miniseries, part three of our five-part miniseries deep diving into the discography of As Cities Burn. The threequel. So, the 3PO. Mm. Um, so, we've done two albums so far. How do we, how are we feeling about As Cities Burn in general, guys? We burnt out? No, yet? the cities are still burning. They have not burnt uh, out yet. Still burning. But that's a good thing in this case, right? For sure. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, yeah. I wanted to you establish that metaphor. You know how the kids say the things are fire? Yeah. That's this. What kids? They're, everything's fire. What, what kids are you hanging kid. out Willow. with? Willow. Willow says Willow that would the time. say that. That's yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's a, that's a good a, a transition as any. So our guest this week is my daughter, Willow, my oh, two-year-old. Right. She, she loves Hell or High Water. <laughs> <laughs> no, what if she, I like, so. she hate, this was her least favorite ACB <laughs> this record. Is her and she's going to be like, she pulled a Sarah. That's going to be such a bummer. <laughs> yeah, Y'all's favorite ACB record. Yeah, that's what's going to be interesting because "Come to Sleep" ended pretty positively for both of y'all. So this yeah. is yeah, this dude. is a key episode here. Really is. Will Highwater maintain first seed status, or will it fall down to second seed? Will it be displaced with an upset? I don't know. It's a good that's, question. Man. That's that's going to be tough. I can't wait to find out. Honestly, like I feel like a listener right now because like I don't we don't even know. It's really great. What are we going to do? I don't know. To be fair, TJ, that's how I feel going into every episode because I don't know how I feel about it until the very end. Even part B's too. I feel like you're like, I could go either way. (laughs) Specifically part B's. Who knows? So wait, you're telling me this is what it's like to be you? Yeah, this is actually uh, I brought that up. It, It drives Jen crazy. Because uh, I'll talk about things like uh, I'll watch a movie for the first time or listen to a record, and she's like, "So, like, how do you feel about it?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I either completely hate it, or it's my favorite thing ever, and there's no in between." <laughs> she's wow. like, well, like, "How do you live tell. like that?" <laughs> so, Kylan, you're you're saying that your world is not so gray? <sighs> no. Things exist or they don't exist. That's having ADHD. Got it. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. It is very black or white. Yeah. It's either my favorite thing ever or I could live the rest of my life not experiencing it again. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems to switch sometimes. Yeah, I, For sure. No, I definitely have experienced that a fun. lot in stuff. Sometimes when I will listen to a record that I've never heard before for the first time and I'm way into it. A lot of times I find out, like, by the second or third time I go to listen to it, I'm like, I'm not into this. Like, mm. there's something like there with that. Because if I am not also, into a record, there's 
very good potential. I'll like it more later. Yeah, mm-hmm. like some of my all-time favorite records have started out I've been just like not into it at all. Like but, um Narrow Stairs by Death Cab. Right. When I first listened to that, I was like what is it? no, I hate this. Mm-hmm. This sucks. Were you like stuck on the plans train at that point? Yeah, like, yeah. I was, was like so fully good that like Narrow Stairs so, can never be yeah. a great record in your mind. And then it just like grew and grew and grew. And, and uh same thing with um On Letting Go by Circus Survive. That's mm. a big record for mm. me too that I did not like. It's a grower. And Say Anything's self titled. That was mm. another one. Oh, that's a great one. I know. Modest Mouse is a band that is that for me. Where like progressively like I did not like them at the beginning. I liked Float On. That was it. That was all. I was okay. that basic person. I do but then I more so want to talk. I was talking to Josh about this the other day just because yeah. because I'm I'm like half on board with Modest Mouse in good news for people that hate bad news or bad news. Wait, what is it? Good news for people who love bad news. <laughs> okay, I was close. Yeah, you were there. And then I was done. I was out. This is like Kylan ends and Josh Modest Mouse fandom begins. Right, exactly. <laughs> like it's fun. I like so that. So Josh asked us all our top ten Death Cab songs, which because we're gonna do a Patreon episode uh Can't very soon that. about that. And so my wife and I started doing it. And then we started thinking of other bands that her and I are both familiar enough with mm-hmm. that we could do that. And Modest Mouse came up. And I nice. realized, like, I'm very, very, very specifically an early Modest Mouse fan. And mm. I don't love their later stuff. I want to. I just can't. I I can't do it. So it's it's all black and white is what you're saying. Modest Mouse is not As Cities Burn. We're here to talk about As Cities Burn. <laughs> yes, we are. Uh, come hell or high water. Uh, yeah. So, Josh, do you have any research uh, about this record that we want to talk about? Do have some research and something I'm very excited to talk about at the very end. So it's going to be fun. It's a little bit different than normal. So like we talked about, uh, we've already established, if you listen to the ACB miniseries so far, you know, but we're just going through and I'm just talking about the members for each record so we can kind of trace at each record who's in the band and who's contributing to what. So for Hell or High Water, we still have the same lineup that we had with Come Now Sleep of Cody Bonnet on guitar and vocals and Christopher Lott on guitar, Colin Kimball switched from guitar from Son I Loved You to bass. He's still playing bass. And we have Aaron Lunsford on drums. So it's the same setup. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the production and stuff later in the record. Cause I feel like this is overall more of kind of like a Cody record, but mm-hmm. we'll yeah. get into that later. Hell or High Water was released April 21st, 2009. It is currently at the time of recording 13 years old. It will turn 14 in August. This is their third record, and sadly, the only one not pressed to vinyl yet. And really? the fan base is clamoring. Yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy, and it is the only one I do not have on vinyl, which is the worst. So I think I remember you. I think, did you comment from the Church Games Now? Oh, account I certainly on did. Yeah. Cassidy's Burns Instagram. I did. Because they posted something about vinyl. Yes, they did. Nice. <laughs> I did about way to it, yeah. way to speak your truth, Josh. I'm trying to get people to. I got a lot of likes, which I'm like, hey, hopefully you yeah. checked out the account. You know, squeaky wheel. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, same label, Tooth and Nail and Solid State slash Solid State. Producer, this is different, is Tyler Orr, mm. who we've talked about before, before Orr, before that Orr. he has produced, he produced, uh, or he engineered, I should say, The Widow on Son I Loved You. And he has some credits on Come Now Sleep. Uh, and also Cody is credited as a producer on this record as well. This record was mixed by Brad Wood, who we've talked about, who produced Catch For Us and mm-hmm. Catch For Us the Foxes and Brother Sister. More art direction by Jordan Butcher. And then charts, we have Billboard 200. Uh, this charted at 109, which is their highest Billboard 200 charting. And Billboard Christian, this charted at number nine. So their nice. second highest Billboard Christian charting. Yeah. Like we talked about, this is their most total stream record on Spotify currently. This has three of their top four highest stream songs with Made Too Pretty, 84 Sheepdog, and Into the Sea. Mm. All songs, of course, written and performed by ACB. The thing I'm excited about, I'm curious if there's a song on this record that neither of y'all have ever heard before. Wait, what do you mean? (laughs) Because this is the first for our show where we're covering a record that has a pre-gap track on it. Do y'all know how pre-gap tracks work? No. Okay. So, Josh, TJ, same gotcha for you. journalism. I, I know, but I couldn't explain Are you familiar it. I've just experienced it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And this is good just for the listeners out there. I mean, I didn't know for the longest time either. Um, but a pre-gap track is if you put a CD in a CD player, and as soon as it starts, you hit rewind. So you like rewind into like the negative space, kind of, if you will. You yeah. can hide songs in there. And yeah. A lot of times, like for this, it's just like a minute and a half kind of like song that kind of functions as an intro to the first track. But you can get crazy. Like on Dashboard's Dusk and Summer, there are two whole songs hidden in the pregap. Like Vindicated is one of them because it's not on the proper album, but there's and there's a whole other song in there. So like they put oh, really? nine minutes worth of songs in the pregap. Yes. And That's this is wild. I, I'm glad you explain it because this is what I was thinking, and it's it's CD specific, is it not? Like yes, there, this is not a thing you can do on a cassette tape or a record because the physical or medium streaming doesn't allow you to or do that. And streaming yeah. clearly is too limited a format. But CDs were like in that weird, like middle space where you could get like a little more creative with the way you shared music with your fans. Like you could do these little. It's almost like a. Um, like a secret level you un- unlock in like one of those side scroller video games. Like if you That's hit wild. the right buttons or like do the right things, like a little, a little Easter egg or something. Yes, it's it's exactly that. Yeah, because I would have never thought. Oh, as soon as I put my CD player, I'm gonna hit rewind immediately. And I mean, on some you can't even do that. So right, you had to be Crazy. right time, right place. But there's a couple so other ones we'll talk about. Like Mm-hmm has one. Forgetting not so down. Reliant oh, K had a, has a couple that yeah. has it. There's like a May album that does. There's a Five Iron Frenzy one. That, it's literally just five seconds of re-saying, hey, what's up? And then the <laughs> song starts. Like So Classic bands would just kind of just so do, fun. yeah, they would just do random stuff. But there's a song here. I've seen it titled as Ariel. Uh, not like the name of a person, like an oh. Ariel thing. In the mm-hmm. So uh. that is, I don't know if that's an official thing, though, but that's the pre-gap track. There is... It sounds like a new song or a part, something new y'all y'all will be hearing with this record. Dang. I okay, get are you are you gonna share us. that with us? Because I don't. Yeah, I have it. Okay. I I got I ripped it. It's on YouTube, um, but I did 
get some software a couple years back that allowed me to rip recap track. So I went pretty crazy. Nice. Oh, uh, <laughs> Devil and God actually has it. If you oh, really? rewind Devil and God, it has like a minute or so of like uh, voicemails left on Jesse's phone or something like that. That's wild. Man. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You have to check it out. And then the other thing that we'll talk about just for some housekeeping is that the song Gate is not on this standard release. It was released as an iTunes bonus track, but I feel like it is appropriate for us to cover it as we're being a comprehensive and encyclopedic miniseries on As Cities Burn. So <laughs> for sure. We normally don't cover that within like judging us a record by its flopper bop, but we're not flopping or bopping this one, so we should definitely talk about Gates as well. Yeah, we have to. It's a great track. Yeah, I'm real excited. Between like getting a pre-gap track for the first time and then getting like a bonus or an iTunes exclusive track that we're actually counting as part of like the standard release. Yeah. It's uh pretty cool. Pretty exciting. It is. So that's all my research, guys. Nerdtastic, right. baby. Yeah. So how are we feeling about Hell or High Water? I know TJ and I both put this as our number one. True. At the very beginning of, of the series. But man, Come Now Sleep hit it pretty hard. On us, so, yeah. so TJ, I'm really curious specifically how how you're feeling going into the part B of this episode. Mm-hmm. I think I may be kicking myself for saying this later, but... I think I'm going to hold fast to my initial uh, premise of, of my album. Okay, well, what, what makes you think that? Yeah, so I was thinking about it in the in the small interim period between our part B of Come Now Sleep and this part A. And I had a moment where I thought about the fact that... Come wait, now wait, Sleep you thought about out. it in the five minutes between... <laughs> Correct. <laughs> between wow. ending yeah, our efficient. last episode and starting this one? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a very thoughtful guy, Kylan. I you might say I overthink take things. Much time. <laughs> I overanalyze. Um, I'm a lot like Patreon bot in that way. I, I don't know why. I, it's kind of it's weird. I don't know. Whoa, it's peculiar. But, <laughs> Whoa. It's the yeah. second time this has yeah, come up this episode. Yeah, it's just a coincidence. Don't don't oh, overthink okay. it. All right. Don't overthink right. it. Okay. Oh, you're telling I, us to not I, overthink. That's what I do. I overanalyze. That's my that's my TJ's <laughs> job. Yeah. All right. All Leave right. it to me, guys. You're right. So in the five minutes between. The two recordings, I had a moment where I, I realized Come Now Sleep came out in 2007, right? I was mm-hmm. a senior in high school. It hit hard, and it was a big album and has continued to be. But this album, uh, coming out in 2009, I was in college, and I kind of had a better understanding of like who I was as a musician at that point and what I liked about songs, how I like to write songs, I was taking a songwriting class around that same time, and I was kind of a little more analytical at that point, and I feel like I was developing my my sonic palette a little more, and even though I loved Come Now Sleep, Hell or High Water just like landed with me, sort of sonically, lyrically, and from a songwriting perspective, specifically. Like, it resonated, because I think one thing you mentioned in our last episode, Kylan, was those moments where they lean towards some some pop songwriting tendencies mm-hmm. and i think they do that even more in this album but For in sure. kind of a they, blues this rock feels like their most heavy like way. pop record yes and i think i actually really resonated with that like that iteration of acb and that iteration of like cody's songwriting and some of the stuff we see in like hawk boy down the road that was stuff that really landed with me and 
That's why I think I'm going to stick with Hell or High Water in the top slot. Even mm-hmm. though Come Now Sleep was... It was heavy, man. It hit me. Yeah. Hit me big. But I'm sticking with my sticking with my initial assessment. All right. What about you, man? What are you are you gonna change your story? What do you think? What do you think? Do you think I know? <laughs> like, do, is there any part of you that legitimately believes that I know at this very moment? How I'm going to land on this record until we're done talking I, about it. That's what I, I love is that your look, I was like, we're all on the same page that none of us know where Kyle's going to land. That's the best part of this right now. That's true. That's true. Even Kylan. I, I concede, but I do want to hear how you feel about it in the moment. I was talking to Jen about that because, okay, we talked about like, because we finished the last episode, like, like we went out to dinner. I was worried that I didn't like finish my notes. We got back to the house like seven minutes before we're supposed to start recording. (laughs) And I was like, man, you know, like, I think it's going to be fine because like, I really love this record. And the thing that I love about the podcast is like when Josh and TJ really love a record, they like really, really, really dig into it and analyze it. And I'm like, when I really love a record, I feel like I'm much better at and she just looked at me and interrupted me and said, yeah, being a BS artist. <laughs> I said, well, the way I would put it is extemporaneous speaking. <laughs> yes. But you might be right. Um, it's both. Also that. It's both. It's both. Um, and it's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. It makes we never know. Happy. We never know. That's the beauty of being friends with me, man. True. Like, what am I going to do? How do you feel in this moment, at least? Like I'm, we're not gonna hold you to it. But how do you feel right. in this moment? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm so excited to listen to it. I still think, come now, sleep. Yeah. See, okay. So the thing is, like, come now, sleep, like, hits me really hard emotionally. Yeah. So true. But if you take because kind of like Josh was saying at the beginning of this, like it was so long before Scream Through the Walls came out. For the longest time, it was sort of this like trilogy, right? Right. Um, of these three records, and you know, to compare it to another trilogy, "Come Now, Sleep" is kind of like the Empire Strikes Back. You know what I mean? Like nice. it's way more mature, uh, emotionally hard hitting. So then that would make "Hell or High Water" a kind of Return of the Jedi, which that movie has a lot of faults, but. I connect with it more emotionally because of, yeah. of the time in which I found it. And there, there are quite a few parallels in like with this, like even though I love come now sleep so much, if I want to listen to acidies burn, I do find myself listening to hell or high water more. And that's a part of your Bob criteria. Right, right, right. If I'm gonna listen to the record at some point within, so the that next says year, a lot. I think it. It. So I'm not sure, Josh. You're gonna have to tell me, but I feel like it's a shorter record. I think it is. Then it's definitely shorter than Come Now Sleep. You like it? Yeah. Is. Yes. Definitely. So I can kind of get in and out longer a than bit Son faster. I Love You. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. But which is attractive. Sleep. I don't know. I think I'm gonna have a lot of moments that I really love, but I think Come Now Sleep is gonna ultimately pull ahead. Mm. Ooh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think I'm overall going to like 
Yeah, because the thing about coming out sleep, like like we talked about, like it is this whole expansive thing that ties together. I think as yeah. an album, it's gonna work for me more. I um, think there's gonna be more individual moments and songs on Hell or High Water that I love. Right. Well, and I feel like Hell or High Water, you can just be like, if you just want to listen to one song, you can. Totally. Exactly. Come sleep, That's you, kind of the thing. You but come can't do sleep, that as much. Yeah. You've got to listen to kind of the whole thing. you got to yes. start at track one. It's like similar to um, Trouble Will Find Me by The National. Like, like, the songs individually are really good, but really the beauty in that record is listening to the entire record. The whole work together. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. I mean, I, all that to say, who the fuck knows? Who knows? <laughs> I All sure say don't. You're a multifaceted cinnamon, <laughs> cinnamon roll, roll of a man. man. Damn straight. Damn straight. What about you, Josh? <laughs> I want to know what you think. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, this is like kind of in line with what you're saying. Like, I recognize that Come Now Sleep is probably the better record and like the bigger and then like the real, like the masterpiece of what they did. But I mean, in all honesty, I know I've listened to Hell or High Water more in the last couple of years than I've listened to Come Now Sleep because it's like mm. you can just throw it on. Like this is like this is as close to like a summer record as As Cities Burn gets, and like oh, I love yeah. listening to it around like early summer, like late spring, early summer because I feel like it just fits that vibe. And like obviously, there's still like heavy topics or like intense things that they're talking about, but you can kind of just get in and groove, and you can like pick a song. You're like, oh. I only have time. I'm going to listen to Aaron Rum because I that's a fun one or something like that. Right, like, exactly. You can just you can easily do that. So I'm like, right. oh, I just I want to get pumped up. Like I'm going to listen to <clears throat> Capo or Made Too Pretty. Yeah, for sure. And and these ones, I did want to say that I got Joe's Come Now Sleep CD at right. like the beginning of summer, and then I almost immediately went and bought Hell or High Water. So nice. like I really got into ACB with these two records almost simultaneously. Kind of together. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So whereas like I didn't get into this, I didn't get some I loved you until like maybe two years later after that point. So I was yeah. yeah, so that was a late a late comer to my ACB fandom. But right. yeah, this one is like these two I got into them at the same time. So like I love both of them for that reason. And yeah, just it's it, it's a lighter listening experience, which does have its pros at times so yeah yeah i think i still got to say that come now sleep is gonna be the one that i'm like this is the best one and what i right. like probably still hold to the most but like yeah if i had to pick which one am i gonna listen to first probably i'm gonna i'll pick hell or high water but i'll still keep right. it at number two i am All curious right. did we talk about uh when was the last time y'all listened to this record in full do you know uh, like three weeks ago Three weeks ago, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the Is whole that a pretty thing common, like how, what's that rotation with this? Like, how often do you listen to this record? Uh, I'll listen to this record all the way through probably, like, four times a year. Like, right. like every rotation, three months. Then. You know, I'll be like, yeah, I'm in the mood for, like, a specific Acidies Burn vibe. I, so then I'll, I'll, I'll usually listen to part A of Come Now Sleep. And all of Hell or High Water. The first five mm. songs of Come Now Sleep mm-hmm. and then Hell or High Water. Nice. Interesting. Little listen sesh. Um, for me, I think I may have mentioned this previously in our series, but I listened to some of the like bigger tracks from Hell or High Water and Come Now Sleep whenever Scream Through the Walls came out. 
because I was kind of trying to go back and refamiliarize myself with their sound and what I liked about them. And I, Which was three and a half years ago. Yeah, it was 2019. So it's been a minute. So I'm, I'm really excited to, to dip back into this one. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to pull a Stephen Curtis Chapman and dive right into 2009's Hell or High Water by As Cities Burn. I'm diving into the high water. What are y'all diving into? Oh, yeah, dude, that works so well. Ah, so good. Welcome back to another episode of Trivial Trivia. This is a segment where I share obscure and trivial information related to the album or artist we're discussing each episode. For being such an expressive vocalist, Cody Bonnet doesn't have too many guest vocal appearances. One of the only ones I'm aware of is on the song In All Honesty by O Sleeper. This track is found on their 2009 album, Son of the Morning, which was released four months after Hell or High Water. Hawkboy and O Sleeper both toured on Emery's 2011 headlining tour in support of their album, We Do What We Want. I saw that tour in San Antonio, and Cody did come out to sing his part with O Sleeper when they played In All Honesty, which of course was pretty cool. I do find it surprising that's one of Cody's only guest vocal spots, though. Maybe he's picky with his collabs? Who knows? But if there are any other guest appearances y'all are aware of, please let me know. That's it for this episode of Trivial Trivia. Let's get back to church jams now. Hey, jammers. We're going to interrupt your listening to talk about our Patreon a little bit because, you know, it's 2023. New year, new bit. And our biggest bit has been restructuring our Patreon. Um, we're super excited. And just like the last Patreon ad, the other guys are here. I don't know why they're being weirdly silent. Sorry, sorry. I was I was updating uh, Patreon bots firmware. Oh, why? Um, why? Uh, I was it, a little busy. Is well, it because, because of, of the, the, the trivia night? Yeah, because of trivia. Like, we, we need, you know, hard and fast, factual data to be ready to give the answers processing power needs to be on point yeah Yeah. okay well well the whole thing is so we're offering for our patrons a trivia night four times a year we're gonna do it quarterly i don't know i don't know if i'm super comfortable with the fact that like patreon bot will probably win because the winner is gonna get like cool stuff no 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 he can't compete he has to give the answers he's Oh, oh my God! Yeah. Okay, I, don't worry, man. I talked to him about this. You did. What did he say? He, he uh, shut down for a while because he was very awkward, and that's what he does whenever he can't deal with like an awkward social situation. Yeah, he. But does then when he came back online, anxiety. yeah, he does. But when he came back online, he said he totally understood, and he's happy to help. Do you want me to go get him? Like I can, please, I can find please, him you... please. Can you can okay. you go get him for hey, me? Patreon, come come here. <laughs> Sorry, his his operating system is still uh, uploading. So yeah, give me no, a- he he's got kind of a different vibe than he used to have. For that new year, new new firmware, <laughs> new firmware, new year, new firmware. Greetings, 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 user Kylan and wow. user Josh. Oh my gosh, wow, okay. Patreon bot, did you update your language program? Yes, I am vaguely European now. Yeah, you sound a little Irish. Vaguely here. Yeah. No, I am more Scandinavian. Okay. Well, how do you feel about our trivia night that we have coming up on March 15th? I am, I am, I am, I am very excited about trivia night. What can you tell us about the trivia night? I can tell you that the answer is 3.14567289. Well, 
Okay, um, well, I can guarantee that that's easy. not an answer to any of the trivia questions. But well, sorry, guys, sorry. I, I got to do some more reprogramming for Patreon about before he's ready for trivia night. I, I, I am so sorry. I think so, Clearly, man. He's got some issues. But guys, we have so many things to offer on our Patreon coming up this year. For just $2 a month, you get the show early and you get our monthly WCJN show where we talk about Things that uh, haven't quite made it on the full show. Josh did an episode on a very Jason Martin Christmas. And I did a sweet, sweet bass roundup of some of the sweetest bass that we have covered thus far on the show. And kind of diving into why I love sweet, sweet bass. Yeah, we have our trivia night coming up. It's a live Zoom event that we're going to do. Anyone that's a patron can come and hang out and play some fun trivia with us. Patreon bot wait. may or may not be there. We don't know yet. If we get his <laughs> firmware updated in time. Yeah. Depends on the updates. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. So check us out at patreon.com slash church jams now podcast. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Josh is yawning. So I think that's the end of the ad. It's good. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, everybody. Welcome back. Hey. What's up? Not much. How have you guys been? Pretty good, man. Just like settling into this new year, you know? Yeah, right, right. I'm really Definitely excited about in it. in 2023 right now. Like you're 100% is what you are saying, right, TJ? Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. You heard that's me right. That's exactly how I feel as well. It's weird. I just personally just, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm so behind. Especially you guys. Like, I feel like I'm just catching up. Like, I just feel like I'm like. A month. Right, back. Do you feel like you're in? Like, I still maybe feel like, like the, I'm in like the December. Of, maybe like twenty like, first. Like yeah, Something about there. Like that. Some, somewhere okay. about there. That's just how I feel mentally. I don't, yeah, I don't know that's why. Weird. That is. That's weird. <laughs> uh, so hey, we listened to Hell or High Water, 2009, Acidies Burn record. Did we? Uh, mm, I'm excited to talk about it, man. Mm. I, am uh, too. I don't know about about you guys, but this is the we're album three out of yeah. four full albums, but we're doing five episodes, and I'm excited for the next one. But uh, do we have any general thoughts about this album, or should we just pull Stephen Curtis Chapman dive right in? I'll just say that I listened to the record and I'm a little conflicted, and we'll talk about that. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good way to put that. Conflicted. I I feel a little conflicted too. I don't know if it's for the same reasons. I don't know what, what you feel conflicted about, but I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I'll say it was a big nostalgia trip for me, like massive. Just like whatever the sort of chemicals that dump into your brain that are connected to nostalgia, whether it's like serotonin or I don't know what, like I just got a massive influx of, of those chemicals listening to this Th album. That's really interesting because I weirdly kind of had the exact opposite effect on this listen to this record. Wow. It, I, and I think because I've never, you know, we, we've talked about this before, especially on albums that we all love. Like, it's hard for mm -hmm. me to, like, write notes or think critically about albums that I love because I'm just, like, I just want to, like, groove to it. But right, there are huge parts of this album that it it almost felt like listening to it for the first time. And that was really? honestly oh, wow. really exciting for me. Yeah, you that's know? fun. So that's really cool. Yeah. So, all right. Without further ado, let's get right into it. So, uh, as we talked about in part A, we're not going to start with track one. What are we going to start with, Josh? We're going to start with 
the pregap track of track zero, which I guess we'll call Ariel. That's what I've seen online, so I don't know. I cannot confirm whether that's the official title of it, but we'll call it that on the show. Yeah, Ariel. So it feels like some secret hidden shit, right? It very much does. Yeah. Like the weird sounds and like you feel like maybe you're not supposed to be listening to it. Like there's some like static and and weirdness going on. Right. Yeah. Like somehow yeah. whenever you're like restarting the CD over, you accidentally held rewind too long and you end up there and you're like, what? I broke the CD or something. The thing that bugged me about it the most was like... I liked the really close, super saturated vocal, but his breathing was driving me crazy. Like listening in my headphones to the <laughs> like right before he starts each line. You didn't like that? No, it was like too much. It's going too for the much. Darth Vader effect. Yeah. It really okay. was. So I will say it's cool, like because I didn't know about this track before but i'm glad it didn't make the like official record yeah, like if this was actually the intro off. to the record it feels too much it does feel like a cool like after you finish a game or a movie going back and finding like 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 if you watch like a like a thriller or something and then you go back on the second watch so you can find like clues as to like what happens in the end that you didn't catch the first time it's like one of those kind right. of like fun things but if this was actually the like official intro to the record, I think it would be too much. I agree. I I, I kind of took it as like um like a secret level you unlock and and you get to experience it after having beaten the game. Kind of like you're saying, right. after you watch the movie, right? Or after you beat the game. Like it's this little Easter egg. And to me it gives extra context as like a, a transitionary sort of buffer between Come Now Sleep and Hell or High Water. Like, it's almost like nodding back to some of the ambient, like, kind of meditative tracks that we talked about, like that trilogy that I mentioned. It's very much Mm -hmm. like Contact or, like, some of the slower moments on on Come Now Sleep. And so to me, it was almost like honoring the past before we kind of launch into, you know, what at at the time was modern as Cities Burn, which I thought was cool. But I agree. I I don't like it as a like an official track one by any means, which I think is why they put it as a, as a pre-gap and they didn't right. you know, mess with it being on streaming. Yeah. If it's pretty perfectly for like being a pre-gap track towards like, it's cool to find after the fact, but it wasn't anything that I was like, dang it. I wish I would have been listening to this for the last four and a half, five years as well. Like, yeah. right. Like, like it didn't, it didn't add anything to the album experience for me. Yeah. Other than just you being know, a cool right. little trivia item. Right. Exactly. Yep. Do you guys, did any of y'all pay attention to like what he was singing? I didn't pay any attention to the lyrics. All the music mm. is yours or something? It's the only one I know. That was that was the only one I caught too. Yeah. I meant to look into it. <laughs> I didn't. Well, <laughs> you know, I think that's okay. Mostly he's breathing. I think he's just trying <sighs> to show the audience like, I know how to breathe. 
Kylan couldn't hear anything else over the breeze. I couldn't. I was like too focused on that. I was like, I hate this. <laughs> it was like such a cool effect and such a cool idea. And I like all the weird ambient, the kind of like static and glitch noises and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, it didn't add anything for me. All right. So let's get into it. Official first track. 84 Sheepdog. I feel like this song does like a great job of introducing the kind of transition from Come Now Sleep and like the sound, like you were talking, TJ, of like the new sound you're going to hear on this record. Like yeah. It's different and we're going for it. Yeah. It sets you up another perfect album opener. Like I feel like this is like the abstract in the, in the thesis paper of like, here's the summary of like, here's what you're going to get, man. 100%. It's the tagline. Uh, I gotta, I, I gotta just stop everybody right now, though, and say, okay, I know this is th- this is what our this will be our third episode of twenty twenty three. Yes. Okay. Well, let's just fucking call it right now for the sweetest of bass <laughs> for the year of twenty twenty three. I don't think anything can it. top the bass on this song. Ooh, this I'm is the sweetest it. of Dang. sweet sweet bass. We may have had on Church Jams now, period. Wow. Look at I that. I believe it, honestly. It's so good. It's like, yeah, and I'll get into it more on the record, but this record, too, overall, I think might have the, the sweetest bass. I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly. I have a note on the bass that I would like okay. to clear up after our part A. So in part A... Uh, in the credits, it says As Cities Burn is list, has all four of the members. But each song in the album liner notes has individual credits for like who played what on each song. And Cody is credited with bass on every song on this record. So Colin is in the credits oh, wow. as like being in As Cities Burn, but Cody played all the guitar. Well, not all the guitar, but he played all the bass on this wow. record. Wow, okay. So Cody That actually makes bass. so much sense. It does, it does. Because I vibe so stylistically with, differently. Yes, and the bass is like such a such a unique part of this whole record. It really is. I'm glad you. I'm glad you made that uh, little research dive, Josh. For research us addendum. To, yeah, I had to, to bring uh, that consult the source material. I probably should have done it beforehand, but I'm doing it yeah. now. So. Doing it now, man. CJN mangling facts since 2020. <laughs> oh, but we're fixing them in the part B's. Mangling part A, fix them in part B. Guys, is this a perfect song? <laughs> it might be, it especially might be. for Kylan. It feels it's, like the perfect it's a perfect Kylan song. song. But I love it, like, to be clear. That wasn't just a contextual caveat. It gets in, it gets out. It's not too long, but it has a bunch of really interesting parts. It gets yes. a little heavy, a little screamy, but not like overwhelmingly so. And right. there's some sweet bass. Yeah, and I love that they like for the second chorus, like they start out with they fix your brain when you were young. So that's like the first thing you hear. But then whenever they jump back into that the second time, they bring it like totally down. 
and it's like yes. you would expect them to like do it again to reinforce that and then like maybe the third time they'll like change it up but they're like second right. time we'll bring it down and they have like the glitchy drum hits that i love mm-hmm. there to just add some nice cool texture and like yes still keep the energy going even though it's like super chill i have a note on that later um but yeah i totally agree and then tj once again comes back and just like the perfect entrance for him for sure yeah it's so good which again is like honoring their past a little bit even though they're trying to move forward with their sound and obviously we're gonna see how they've changed things up quite a bit since come now sleep even and definitely since uh son i loved you but yeah it's nice to have that little nod to like tj's still you know a part of our like heritage as a band almost like right he's back kill it's so good and then okay i like my add pop music brain <laughs> just loved you know going back to the idea of the like this is like the abstract or the the thesis or or whatever Okay. It feels like such a clear progression lyrically from the first two records, but yes. like, I don't want to say simplified, but synthesized, I guess. You yes. know what I mean? Is like, is like, like distilling it down into even more sort of like simple, catchy terms. 100%. But like, and lyrically, this is one of my favorite ACB songs. Yeah. I mean, just like launching it out of the gate with that line, they fixed your brain. They fixed your brain when you were young. Is like so simple, so memorable though. It's so memorable, so good, and it feels like such a synthesis of everything they've been sort of working towards, Mm -hmm. but like more concentrated and just like it packs such a big punch. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. That's something that live, like you know, everyone's screaming that when they play the song. Yeah. Yeah, but then yeah, all of it. And then if the good lords, good sheep, do their jobs, you would never see there were wolves underneath. Wolves underneath. Yeah. Ah, like, damn, so dude. Ah. And then the next line, uh, but good lord, have you ever seen so many teeth marks? That's right. These containers of light come with a kiss, but they got quite a bite. It's almost like there's like this horror element, like succubus kind of mm-hmm. thing, and that again makes it a perfect Kylan song to me. Like. Well, and he's kind of drawing back to the parallels in, uh, what is it, Empire, where he says, yes. uh, angel smile hiding a vulture's bite. So he kind of, mm-hmm. yep. he loves that, like, and devils on our shoulders versus, yep. yeah, like the angels and devils on our shoulders. So it's like, I he has that, like, comparison of the two that, but it's like the comparison that is like, they're the same sometimes, but right. even though right. they're separate, yeah. Well, yeah, and sort of highlighting that, like, dichotomy between, you know, like, the sort of, like, religious hypocrisy and the wolves in sheep's clothing and, like, Mm -hmm. all of that sort of imagery is just, like, ah, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. It's powerful, man. Uh, Because, uh, yeah, I I find it really interesting that, like, he is, like, he's pretty condemning of this, like, religious uh, hypocritic behavior but mm-hmm. also at the same time lyrically he's he's talking to god personally uh right. which i found really interesting i thought that was like that was really cool that was something i'd never really considered before until this listened because he's saying like he's asking god specifically uh while also highlighting this like well it's like you said this one thing and these people are like doing something different you know i just yeah that right. perspective is uh just resonates with me in a 
very resounding way. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, because in in verse two he says, or I think it's I guess it's verse two that we got all we got our sidewalks, we got all our safely lit streets, we got all our light tested beliefs. But when I find love so bright in the alleyway, they throw her overboard. I watch her get lost in the wake. It's like he's saying we. He's not saying right. they. You know, he's like speaking as a sort of from a communal place. Like mm-hmm. I'm kind of part of it, and I'm I'm seeing these things, and I'm again like at, like you said, like asking God about it, but not like it's not like he's separate and he's like right. standing out from the rest and like shaking his fists. He's just like kind of critically analyzing things and and, and questioning. For sure. Um, and well, really dig that. so the end of that line specifically too brings me to a question I had for you guys. Like, do we want to talk about a the artwork and b the uh, the much more the nautical stuff the nautical is, is much more Back apparent. The nautical themes, in, like like know, they're there earlier sure, on, but all this over one, this record, this one. It, Song titles, lyrics, the album art, it's all very, like, nautical, which goes back to this, just such a good opening song. Like, you get so many little tidbits of, like, what you're going to get on this record. Yeah, Josh, do you have any insight on the album art? Like any anything that they've said on like the meaning behind it or or what? No, I don't know anything about it other than in the credits it says the Rat King woodcut yeah, cover right. image by Len Clark at Legendary Shark Press. Okay. So no, I have no idea about the context or why they chose it or anything like that. But I mean, it could great, be that it's just cool as shit. It is. Like, <laughs> it is. Like you see it and you're like, that's an album cover right there. Yep. Yeah, with the wave of skulls. And yeah, everything. so yeah, much. So. There's just... even I'll, I uh, I remember looking at JHS pedals like way way back in the day. Do you remember mm-hmm. they used to do like custom where they would hand paint pedals for people? Yes. You could like order uh-huh. a pedal and then like pay a little extra money. I remember seeing on their site that someone got this artwork hand painted onto a pedal. And nice. I, yeah, and I like tried to look for it and I couldn't find it again because they've obviously redone their site since then. I couldn't even like find it on Google Images, but I emailed them and I was like, hey, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was this thing. I think it was a bun runner or whatever. And then like 10 minutes later, they're like, hey, is it this one? And I was like, that's the picture. Yeah. So, oh, dang, you got so it. I have the picture. I'll Can be you posting share it, it with on us? social media. Yeah. yeah. Can you share it with us right now? I just want to yeah, see I'll it. Share it. I'll share it to you. Just like put it in the chat or something. But yeah, you got to you gotta share that on social media. That oh, is it's so cool. in my plan. But yeah, they, yeah, 10 minutes later, they're like, oh, is it this one? <laughs> and I was like, yep, that's it. <laughs> that's but so I asked, incredible. I was like, I was like, do you remember like who ordered this? Like, was it Cody? Or which I find like a little unlikely that he'd be like, right. I want this album artwork. But I was like, maybe, who knows? But they're like, we don't really remember. We didn't take great records back then. <laughs> so like, maybe? I don't know if that helps. <laughs> but I was like, nope. But at least we found the artwork. That's oh, yeah, that's it's so sweet. Cool. Like, it's it's exquisitely done, too. Like, ah, dang. That is so oh, cool. Wow. That's amazing. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Man, yeah, that artwork is super, like, viscerally stunning. It's, like, really weird like kind of dark and gothic but Mm -hmm. sci-fi a little bit kind of fun the the rat king thing yeah it is yeah i don't know where to take it like seriously or like i'm like this could be like a really dark thing but i just always look i'm like oh sweet like yeah it could also like be some shit that like 
Joe and I talk about it one in the morning drunk, be like, this would be a sweet tattoo. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and they just made some album art. On a ta- <laughs> an island like of skulls wearing <laughs> yeah. a crown. Think about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kyle and I did want to say, talking about the bass, mm-hmm. like, I knew you were going to bring it up. I just didn't know how soon or with how much oh, enthusiasm. That it's. I, I'll tell you, it's 90% of my notes. <laughs> I believe it, man. But I'm so glad because I think it I think it belongs. Like we yeah. need to lean into it on this album yeah. for sure. And especially on this track. And Josh, I'm glad you went back to find out that it was Cody doing a lot of the bass work. Um, because the bass stuck out to me in a way on this listen that it didn't as much in the past. Right. It's almost like when I listened to this album in the past, the bass was like there in my mind, but I didn't think of it as bass. I just thought of it as a component to the song. Right. And I wasn't tracking the fact that it was a bass part. I was just thinking there's a melody, there's sort of these underlying, you know, pr- there's this underlying chord progressions happening in each song or like even counter melody happening. But this time going through and actually thinking of it as composition, right? Like, like arrangement and knowing that that all came out of Cody's brain is just like, Kind of mind blowing. Well, it makes sense too because we talked about in one of the earlier episodes how he credits his guitar playing sure. as starting, starting out as, as a bassist. bassist. Yeah. Yes. So, but it's very back, it was yeah. It's a really shine a natural like, for him. The only other bassist that I feel like does something similar to what Cody does on this record is Nick Harmer from Death Cab, where mm. he does like, you know, it's not. F- necessarily flashy right but it is melodic and memorable it's involved like he's holding down the rhythm but also doing these really interesting like melodic lead lines with the bass that end up being really memorable parts of the record yeah totally yeah and in fact this one stuck out to me specifically i couldn't figure out why i liked it so much so i stopped the song and i kind of like sang it in my mind and then I slowed it down, and I think, like, I'm sending this to y'all, hopefully it works. I think that a lot of his melodic intuition or sensibilities are, like, almost Gregorian or, like, medieval oh, sometimes, yeah. like, mm-hmm. with his bass work. So I slowed it down, and I sang it, and I threw, like, a big cathedral reverb on it, and it sounds like a Catholic mass, y'all. Oh, hell like, yeah. All right. It's I'm crazy. Gonna, I'm, I'm going to play that real quick. Like picture the incense, picture the candles, and like it's all in Latin. There's men in robes. Maybe it's the beginning of a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a lot of horror elements. Can (laughs) you? Yeah, if y'all can like add some more voices and stuff and fill that out. And that can be like our intro to like this like episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll do it. We'll do it. It's like I'm the Halo soundtrack. It. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's such an interesting thing, TJ. I never thought Isn't that about cool? that. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah, have never this, thought of that. This listen. I was like, that's super weird. Why do I like it? I think it's medieval. <laughs> Guys, we're already getting off to a better start than we did on the question on Uh-oh. finding interesting things to talk about a record that we all really love. <laughs> yes, it's um, much better. Much yeah, no but uh, we've been talking about, you know, in classic CGN fashion, we've been talking about the first track for 20 minutes. 
So let's well, move on to track a, number you two. You said it was a perfect song, so we have no, it. It is a perfect no song, guys. It just <laughs> is. Uh, it's definitely making my ACB top ten. Let's move on to track number two, Aaron Rum. How about that snare roll? Oh, shit. Okay, wait, 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 wait. We got to go back on 84 Sheepdog. That oh, also no. had <laughs> some sweet, sweet snare rolls. I did say my uh, last note that I was saving was that there was sweet ones for drums on 84 Sheepdog. Yes. But obviously, oh, we're going to so talk about good. that a lot over this Yeah, record. for sure. For sure. But you're right. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, Lunsford just destroys this record as well in a totally Truly. different way. All right, so anyway, back to track number two, Aaron Rum. (laughs) This has always been and still is a top 10 ACB song for me. Mm -hmm. I love this song. Really? I love it. I've always loved it. Interesting. I think, like, mood wise and tonally, it has a lot of movement and, like, interesting dynamic Mm -hmm. kind of rise and fall. So, like, I don't know. I just get it, Josh. It's one of my faves, too. I love it. I love it. It was one that I remember I saw them play as Hawk Boy. Uh, when they played with Emery and O Sleeper in 2011, and they played this song, and I was like, "Yes, I'm so glad they did Aaron Rum." Yes, Cody's not messing around with the lyrics of this, is he? No. Also, interesting to me that I don't know. We kind of got into this in previous episodes in this series. My tendency is to take things as like metaphorical or spiritual or whatever, but I'm realizing now it's probably very literal. And this like one personal. seems pretty literal. <laughs> At least the beginning part of it. Yeah. But I think it's so cool that it works on both levels, actually. Right. Because I just assumed that it was kind of like about God or like, you know, about a critique of the church or worship services or something like that. And to realize that that maybe wasn't the inspiration at all, but that I could like take that from it, to me, speaks to his ability as a writer. Like, For sure. For lyrically. sure. So... To, to counterbalance that, is is he talking about the widow? I think so. He's got to be, right? Right? Yeah. Like, that's like the whole thing. He was never dead, at least not to you, but you still sing, you still do. Yeah. Right. But then go back into that, like, I freaking love, you guys know, you guys know, I <laughs> freaking love super cynical sing-along songs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, like, like my song, After Today, that's like mm-hmm. the most like sing-along song that I have. And it's so cranky. Is like one of the like that guy is an asshole, like <laughs> fuck you songs I've ever written. But it's so fun. But it's it so is. catchy, and you get everyone like to this. sing along. Just yeah, like this, I was man. like the horns and the da 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 da's. I'm like, is this the most like joyous moment ever on an ACB song? But it's mm-hmm. like you know it's not joyous, but it sounds like it is. Exactly. Ah, yes. uh, I yeah. I love it so much. Like if you didn't speak English and you heard this song, you'd be like, it's such a happy song. Right. I bet the singer. <laughs> well, I do speak pumped. English and I thought it was like kind of a happy song until I right. like really like critically analyzed it. Until you realize the first word he says of the song is no. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I won't play that song. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It's exactly my kind of grumpy too. Like <laughs> it is pretty great. Also, the the organ line 
that's like a counter melody to Cody's vocal line mm-hmm. is the best. I had never it's noticed subtle, that until this listen. It's quiet, but it is my favorite. Yep. And I think that goes yep. back to like the same thing like I talked about with the bass. It was It's one of those things that like I always heard it like in my mind. I, I tracked it. I clocked it as a part of the song, but I didn't kind of take the time to acknowledge like, oh, that's an organ. Like, and... I don't know. It just it just speaks to his ability as a as a composer. I think, like I'm just I'm just so basically I'm just fanboying uh, Cody this whole episode. Like I will stand Cody all day long. Right. Forever. Well, and I think <laughs> I think that's a good thing for us to talk about here because I've heard him talking about this record session. Is that like that's why I thought it was like I thought it was it's almost like a Hawkboy record in the fact that yeah. it's very much Cody in lunsford in the studio yep um obviously we get some more contributions from other people but i've heard him talk about that like this was like not a great time for him because he kind of yes he was i think like living like right above the studio so he's like he could could just come down and work on it at any time and it was one of those things where it's like you're just constantly working on it and you're just finding more things you want to fix and tweak and you like never want to get to that point of being like okay, it's done, I have to let go of it. Yeah, paralysis by analysis and getting in your head. Yes, exactly. So that, I've heard him talk about that with this record. And so, but to his credit, like all the work that he did and all the stressing out and the meticulousness of it, like paid off like tenfold. Because 100%. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very clear vision for a record. Like it's, it's so tight. You know, oh, yeah. what I mean? like it to go back to like a film thing. Uh, I had this later on in my notes, but this record as a whole feels like like the way that we talk about like auteurs or something like it feels like Scorsese going from like Mean Streets to Goodfellas or like from like Raging Bull, like these like big ideas. You can tell that this person has a vision and it's very well executed but then they get like lean and mean and tight and like know exactly what they're trying to say yeah, and exactly how to do it. Yeah. It's like a right. Spielberg movie. This album is like a Spielberg movie. <laughs> <laughs> like he oh, knows man. exactly how to. And Aaron Lunsford is his George Lucas. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Like, like he knows these ways to like, like manipulates the wrong word, but like to get an emotional reaction in the most precise way. Yeah. And I think he just knows how to play with different sonic palettes and like, exactly. And and songwriting uh, tropes and things in a way that's just like super effective here in a way that we haven't seen so far. Right. It's yeah. It's like, it's exactly like Spielberg's ready player one. You know, the, his, <laughs> film, his most concise, most pointed film. Oh, no. Uh, uh, I quit. I know. Me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah Kylan has to legally has to quit after that. Yep. He can't watch any more movies. Uh, the only last thing I wanted to mention is that I really like Lunsford's beat in the chorus. Like it's like mm. real, like busy, but almost like marchy mm-hmm. on the snare. Like, I don't know. Yes. It's just such a different kind of sound, but yeah. I really as like we've it. talked about it before, well. it's busy but with a purpose, right? Yes. Like that's yep. a great way to describe it. It's always serving the song. He yep. he's phenomenal. I also really love the final line of this song: "Hold your hands out for what we can't pull down." It's 
I think I like it because for me, I can't tell if he's in a position of acceptance with that, like holding your hands out like a loose grip kind of thing instead of like clinging, or if it's kind of complacency. And I like that I don't know. I like that it falls kind of right there in the middle, like for me. Then you could take it either way. Yeah. What's y'all's interpretation? Or did you have one? I don't know. It makes me think of contact where it says like heaven come down kind of thing. So maybe he's like going back to that or like maybe just a callback. That's yeah. at least yeah. my initial thought. And we know he loves doing that. So yes, he does. I'm sure you're sure. right. Yeah. Everything, everything builds on what came before. Yeah. It's so intentional. <laughs> so we hate this album, right, guys? Uh, this might flop, guys. This was yeah. my conflict. <laughs> I think is, I'm going to flop this. This. <laughs> this was Josh's conflict. <laughs> okay. Uh, yep. I mean, that's all great, but this album sucks. I mean, it's no fireproof. <laughs> no fireproof. No mercy me. Ooh. Not even close. All right, let's move on to track number three, Into the Sea. Even with the the nautical stuff, even even the title of the last Aaron track Ryan feels nautical. Yeah, Aaron Rum. Yes, Aaron 100%. Rum. Rum Pirates. Sure. There's, you know. This one's a mood, y'all. This guitar tone too. Oh, it's so good. Uh, this, and the bass this is so is, heavy. Yeah, but this Don't. feels as opposed to the other song. This feels the most like it belongs on "Come Now Sleep." One hundred percent. Still mm. a progression. Yeah, you know the what first I mean? thing I wrote was it's a callback to things he's touched on in Come No Sleep. And musically, it feels like that, too. Yeah, because he kind of, he he leans heavily into, like, grace being kind of the bottom line, you hmm. know? Yeah. Like, like an ocean of mercy or grace. Yeah. There's so many sweet snare rolls on this record. Yes. Drums are so tight. And not just the performance, but the tone, like the... I know. The sound of the drums is beautiful. I don't know. It's like, might be, it might be like my top 10 for like rock drum production, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, this record. Okay, I was going to ask this on the next song, Made Too Pretty, but guys, is the production better on this record than Come Now Sleep? Yes. 10 out of 10. <laughs> yes. Yep. 100%. I was like, dang it, this production is so good. Like, it's, it's so, like, it's so tight. It's my conflict. <laughs> it's right. so it's tight. tight. It's dude. bright. It's well-rounded. It's interesting. Like, There's so many different weird choices that they made across the album, which right. so gives it a so. dynamic feeling that Come Now Sleep doesn't have. If you think about like the time that this album was was released, so many other bands around this time had a like similar sound, but this was really the beginning of like, let's compress the shit out of everything. Uh, and this, this has like touches of that, but, but used effectively, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like done intentionally. Right. Um, of having like, like the big pop drum production. Yeah. But it doesn't have like any wall of sound moments. Like it's big and right. full without that happening. Yeah. Nothing's just like slammed. It all feels like it translates super well live. Yeah, because I saw, you know, I saw Cities Burn, I saw Hawkboy, I saw a solo Cody show. 
And like one thing that I can say is the live show was never like a like a curveball, like sound wise. Right. From what I came to know in their in their records. And this is like a prime example. This is like maybe the peak iteration of that. Because anytime I saw them live playing these tunes, like it felt very consistent. Like yeah. it wasn't you know how there's like some bands that like you hear the record and you're like, this is incredible, and you go see them live and everything's just like real wonky and off. Like this is on the other end of the spectrum for me. For sure. For sure. Live show wise. Yeah. So good. Yeah, be yeah, they 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 hit that sweet spot because I feel like you have bands okay. So on on either end of of the spectrum, I would say you have Taking Back Sunday. Sounds incredible on an album. Nine yeah, times out of ten, pretty terrible live. <laughs> you have uh Deer in the Headlights, incredible live band, and their albums are also incredible. But they don't fully capture that the live experience. That live experience, and right. then you have Hell or High Water right here in the middle. That is like, yeah, th- this feels like just a slightly, very slightly polished version of what you would hear live, and right. most of that is due to acoustics. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> I also thought it was a really good stereo image on this song, like. Mm-hmm. There's like the BGVs kind of panned in the in the back, out to the sides a little bit, but not too out there. Everything has its place. The guitar is kind of out to the to the left, I think, or or was it the right ear? Well, one or the other. But it's in the it's first chorus. There's a guitar that's like as the chorus is about to come in. There's like a guitar that starts in the right channel, and like that's as it. it grows louder, it fades and it goes to the left. So it's like that's it. You kind of get this sweeping yeah. feeling as it's like yes. building and stuff and. And that yeah, and I want to talk about the guitar line in the chorus, that little like do 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 like that mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. such like a dreamy like part. Like mm-hmm. it's I, beautiful. It just like like you were saying, composing it, like it just counterplays with his melody like so so well. And it's yes. like an an interesting part and just such a like a memorable part. So so yeah. good. That's true. I love it. I did have a note on Cody's voice. It kind of breaks in the first go in the second chorus at two uh-huh. minutes and three seconds, but I really like it. Like obviously, I, love I feel it. like it fits the vibe of the record and just like ACB in general. And kind of like what you're talking about, kind of like this is kind of what you're gonna get live. Like, yeah. But, and I like that it shows that they aren't just like copying and pasting. Like here's Cody saying one chorus really good. We're just gonna copy and right. paste that over the whole record, like over yep. this song. So like he's doing right, like like each song yeah, you can tell through. that that they didn't just like comp in the best. No, he's saying all the way through, yeah. And he probably did multiple takes, but like each chorus is different, each verse is different. Like, yeah, all the BGVs are really layered and lush and interesting. They didn't just yeah slap the perfect version across the whole album. That'd be so boring, right? Who wants it that? Be. It would yeah. be. Dang, dude. All right. You know what? Is boring. What is boring? This record, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is coming in with the sass. No, I'm just he kidding. is, man. I love it. I know. Well, well, we're in uncharted territory. Yeah, continuing our the nautical theme. Yeah. Oh, I like that. We've <laughs> never done so many records in a row that we all love. So we're getting into just trying some, to keep it lively. Some interesting waters, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Trying to keep the the 
podcast interesting. And Josh seems to have taken on the role that I usually take uh, with a flair for drama and contrarianism. <laughs> Sassmaster Olsen over here. <laughs> Look out. New year, new... Uh, Sassmaster. New, new bit. <laughs> new year, new bit. New year, new bit. Josh I love is it. sassy now. All right, let's move on to track number four. Made Too Pretty. This is a nice dip in energy, but it's only mult for a moment, you know? Like, it's not, it doesn't stay low. I mean, fucking top five ACB, right? I must say, this has to be a top ten ACB song, right? Like, top so. five. I put Objectively, top five. <laughs> put top five. Yeah. Wow. Good. All right. I mean, it earned its spot. Uh, reverse sounds are the best. They are. <laughs> we true. talked about that in Evanescence. You know, I fucking love reverse sounds. Yep. Yeah, it's a trick that'll always work for me. I'm like, I know Same. what that is. I know that's easy to do, but it still sounds great. Like, but I love it. So it's good. so good. Is that an organ or is that a Rhodes? Because the back half of this record is like way more of a piano record than I remembered or anticipated. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't it tell on, on those reverse sounds if that's just like a Rhodes run through it, some stuff or if it's Rhodes. an organ. I mean, there's a Rhodes playing right now, so I would... Maybe you think, think that's about right. It could be I both. Know. I don't know. It could Who be knows? both. Yeah. Oh, also, right. more sweet, sweet bass. Such good bass. That bass oh, tone, too. I know. And Aaron's drum pattern there is like so simple, but it like matches the bass so well. But they also like play against each other because uh-huh. like the bass is doing that doo 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 Dude, shit, it's so good. This was the song I had the note on where I'm like, this song. And the whole record feels musically like intense and energetic, but also mm. chill at the same time. And it's yes. weird, but very cool. There's some they, tension they do just that. like hanging out under the surface of the chill. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it is so. Because, like so you said, even when both, they bring so it down, fun. like it doesn't lose that energy and that driving force behind it. Like it doesn't feel like, oh, this is like right. the skip song. Right. That guitar line is so good too. Oh, yeah. it's the best. I also love the concept of the song and the way that he executes it. Like, even going so far as to be like right on the nose about if we are the body, how did Pretty mm-hmm. Men get so ugly? And fun fact: the the lyrics, the written lyrics on the on the album are "Jesus, how did you get so ugly?" Oh, really? Josh has got it. I was going to mention that. Look at you. All right, I love that. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. Like. I don't know what you want to call it, like Easter eggs or discrepancies, but I think it's right. very intentional. You know, like Cody's saying one thing, but he knew what he wanted people to see right. in the liner notes. Like, And it's also interesting, I'm looking at them right now, dear listener, that that whole Jesus, how'd you get so ugly has no spaces in it. And that's the only thing in there. So it's interesting. There's, yeah. So very if we are the body, Jesus, how'd you get so ugly? How do you get all these spaces one between word. these teeth? One it's word. all one Welcome word. Welcome back no to Grammar Jams now. Hey. <laughs> oh. So like that adds to the Easter egg fact of it, mm-hmm. I feel like. 100%. It's like not only is that an Easter egg there, but they're like, we're not going to put any spaces there. I have no idea why, but maybe just to draw attention to it? Yep. Who knows? 
And again, he's speaking from this we place, right? Which is connective and communal. It's not like finger pointy or judgy, which I really appreciate. But it is kind of critiquing like the pride and like self-satisfied nature of humanity. Like we can all slip into it, right? Like, yeah. I think I like, too. I think I would have liked it better if you would have said Jesus, how'd you get so ugly? Like if he's saying that. What do oh yeah. Do you I like that better like pretty man or? I like that there is that discrepancy. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. Guys, he is he is the Spielberg of post hardcore. <laughs> he is sculpting a vision, and we're just all along for the ride, man. I I think it's like a it's almost like a choose your own adventure book. It's like you get to kind of decide. Like headcanon is Jesus, and then like the album version is Pretty Man. Yeah, yeah. I love it's both the line. It's if both. there's one thing bigger <laughs> than my head. It's the distance I've been misled. Oh, that's so That good. line is incredible. What the thing I love about it is that it's also the like the most kind of on the nose rhyme mm-hmm. in the whole record. Because yeah, so is. much of the way he sings on on all the records, but there's not a whole lot of like like A B A B lines you know what i mean right. like like he sings everything kind of different and even when things rhyme it might be like a slant rhyme or it just yep but you're right sort of this feels one's very right but this is very like just right on the money this ends in a very specific syllable and in the next line ends with a syllable that rhymes with it you know and yet it doesn't feel hacky like at all it's like right the best i said yeah. four for four lyrically on this record so far <laughs> for sure yeah also two minutes and 31 seconds he says i think we became too petty Mm -hmm. look out track six Chekhov's daddy's coming for you oh i got Ah. some Chekhov's daddy's notes um (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i like that the gang vocals to kind of go back tj what you're saying about like the 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 bass and stuff i wrote that it feels very choral like almost like gregorian like or like catholic mass and I think yeah. that once again, if like the gang vocals and, and the music, like I was talking about on the last record too, the the songs that musically sort of supported the the thesis lyrically. I don't know if, if this necessarily did that uh, to such a minute degree, but vibe wise, it feels very like this like nostalgic, like post church like mm. deconstruction kind of thing of like here are things that that people that have gone to church their whole lives will kind of recognize yes and use that juxtaposed with what i'm talking about lyrically it was like so fascinating to me agreed yeah it's very much like like you often say like about the time for like right maybe our sort of peers and others that were going through that like it, it it is that for me like this album is kind of like yeah. a, a synthesis of like that beginning questioning era of mine so i'm really grateful for it in that regard because as we've said before it like gives permission um, for sure which is really cool also how about those drum that drum production there's the stop after the bridge at like yes. 26 yes. and then it comes back in with that kind of roomy like washed mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. drum sound yeah, that, that that's what I wrote about Chef's specifically kiss. the the drum production on this song like really hit me. Like it sounds big, but he's not playing big. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
like that's, like he's that's not well like it's not like tons of symbols and like like Josh like like wall of sound. It's really simple, but it mm-hmm. sounds really big. Yeah, which adds to the whole sort of like choral, like church hall kind of thing. Yeah. God, this album sucks, y'all. Oh. Yeah. We can't stand uh, it. I wish we could just get it over uh, with. Just all right. Move on well, to the next track and finish. Well, yeah. Out. If we're just trying to get through it, let's move on to track number five, Lady Blue. So this is the second one in a row that starts really low, but we know it does ramp up eventually. We know. We know. Yeah. Uh, this song is so sad. It is. That's <laughs> our um, But, you know, okay, I always talk about sequencing of albums. Uh-huh. And to go back to my Spielberg thing, man, this album knows what it wants and knows uh-huh. what it is. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It is sequenced perfectly. Right. After those first four tracks, the way that this starts is like the perfect end to side A. <laughs> and it's yep. kind of like the two songs in one, so it's almost like an end to side A and an intro to side B, too. Like it oh, almost doubles as mid-song. That. Yeah. That's cool. I've never thought of it that way. I literally but I really just thought love of that. that. No, kind of my note is the middle of the record is the perfect place for this. Like, yeah, for sure. Perfect place for this song. For sure. It gives you a chance to breathe, which they did a lot on Come Now Sleep. And then this (laughs) is just like, you know, 84 Sheepdog, Aaron Rum and Into the Sea are just a little like almost breakneck speed. Mm -hmm. Made too pretty, kind of slows down, but it's like big. And Uh then this like gives you a chance to breathe. And then, yeah, like you said, like halfway through, they come in There's with like using chains, uh, like okay. like throwing down chains on the percussion. Yeah. Hammers. Says, I don't know. Josh, read it, it has off. Let's a go. A lot of people, there's like seven people credited here. It says they stomped their feet and sang gang vocals and played bottles and file cabinets. File cabinets is my favorite thing. Like Your favorite credit? Slam, open, slam. Like that's a that's goals for me. I need a file cabinet <laughs> on my next album, or I quit. Yeah. Um, can you, you guys? Okay, album. I'm 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 gonna pull yep. a Josh right now. Um, is there another quote unquote Christian band that released an album around this time? I'll say two years earlier. <laughs> I know where you're going. Uh, that has percussion that is very similar to the percussion on this song. Do you guys know? Who is Anne Berlin? No. No. Well, maybe. Maybe. Oh. Well, what song? <laughs> just I was like, thinking no, the end wrong. of Finn where it just sounds like they just went in. They're like, okay, let's find everything that we can hit and just like record Chaos. it. Chaos. Yeah. yeah. No, but, I've okay. got something All even right. more specific. Oh, okay. Dang it. Mm-hmm. Two years earlier. I believe it's from two years earlier. Let me double check that. Yeah, from two years earlier. Could you give like one more hint? Yeah, like, yeah. About um, okay. I'm trying to think because uh, so it's my favorite song on a on an album on a second album by a band that all three of us have talked about really wanting to cover, but we haven't yet. But we have not yet. But we've covered the band before. And Josh has sent me no. We have not covered the band. Oh dang it! 
that. Josh has sent me a meme about this band recently. Boom. Oh. Okay, what? never mind. We're oh, going to pass all that. Uh, Salt of the Earth by Love Drug. Oh, uh, yes. Right here. Right. Yes, and it's almost the same BPM. Yep. Like. Are those chains, though? That uh, that's glass, I think. Oh, okay. I think, it, I think yeah. it's glass. But it's a very similar thing. Same, yep. Same feel. Yep. Yeah, pretty wow. similar BPM, that kind of like dirgy that's kind great. of thing. But using not percussion instruments right. to do percussion yeah. is... It's about that ox perk, man. Rad as hell. <laughs> it is. That's the best. I, I feel like game. I had a really... I, I just... I don't know. I want to take a moment. I, yeah, I you nailed like that it. That was man. a real Josh. That moment. was great. You got me. You, you got <laughs> good us. Good job. It was you a good us. Josh. Gotcha. Thanks. Thanks. And it lines up because that's like Love Drug is a big one for you. We know. And we're gonna oh, be yeah. doing Love Drug very soon after this. I can't Spoilers, wait. everyone yeah. out there. A Love I'm Drug is coming your way. This song is so creepy. I I said the the harmonies on I stepped away like the high mm-hmm. like falsetto harmonies are equally like tender and like so scary. <laughs> we talked about income now sleep that like you said these first the first five songs on there are just like perfect like boom 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 and then I, my first listen to this i was like oh man we have a f- first five perfect songs on this record too like what are we gonna do mm-hmm. between like comparing and like that's been my right. conflict this whole time of like having to choose oh, ultimate victor is like for a for a side a kind of thing like or just even the best ACB album. Like, mm. my first listen to this one was a strong first listen. Like, yeah. And I've been conflicted ever since. Yeah. So, but yeah, this just like. I get that. It's just so good. Like, it is so good. Like, the, like Kylan said, the sequencing, it knows exactly like where it needs to go. It's like the perfect place for it. Right. And like, it takes a long time to build, but mm. everything like the whole in the quiet part in the beginning like stuff starts coming in at di- yep. like different times to like still keep it like keep you interested and to keep it moving forward yes so that you're yeah. not like okay get to the next part here like they are which again yeah is like pointing to his ability as a composer and just like layering those instruments and building dynamically throughout the song in a really intentional way yeah. well and best. and to comment about w- what you said Josh like so, you know, I am typically more of a side A guy, but I had a similar thing to come out sleep on this record. And, I, you know, n- not to tip my hand too much, but, you know, I'm v- very, very familiar with the front half of this record. And I kind of forgot how familiar I am with the second half of this record mm-hmm. and how fucking good it is. It's just like it just <laughs> like it like keeps going. I understand your conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're also five for five on Sweet Sweet Bass. The, yes. Like, the bass is so good. They have never been a tighter jazz band than on this song. <laughs> That's true. Uh, that is very and true. And they've also, at least that I can remember, never had some female accompaniment. I was going to ask, who is the female vocalist? I was oh. going to ask that, too. Does anybody know. know? I can look it up. Let's see. Find out. Also, while you're doing that, Josh, the... The sort of like glitchy effect that they where they take the stereo out and it's like it goes from like stereo to like mono to mm-hmm. mono on one side to mono on the other side. Like I it's like one of those things that if done poorly is so disorienting and frustrating and done intelligently and in 
intentionally like this is the best like yeah. sonic experience and i just love it i think it's the most amazing i don't know it might be like the best version of that effect that that i can think of at least i think so at the moment yeah like you're saying the incredible. part where they bring it down before the second half of the song kicks in kind of thing yeah is that yeah it? yeah it's a great way to bring it down mm-hmm. i have a couple names here okay uh, but i don't know which one is who she is uh it says coco ham saying but there's also a cameron yergler that could be her hmm. those are the okay. only names that look like female names so it's hard to tell, especially because they're kind of like all lumped in the saying gang vocals. Right, part. right. So I don't totally yeah, know, but I love sense. like, it's like another kind of like, that's a weird thing for ACB to do, especially because there's mm-hmm. like, I don't know, that, that sequence, sequencer kind of part that's going like the, mm-hmm. the little, right. like that synth kind the of sequencer. Yeah, like that's yeah. going to, that's a weird thing, but it's like so catchy and it works so well. Mm-hmm. But it's, so different for an Assey's Burn song. Yeah, it's yeah. like I said before. Like this is kind of a pop record. Like it has these these pop leanings and yeah. some like sexy female. But it's BGBs. so intentional though too. It, no, all of it works perfectly. Like without feeling gimmicky. Throwing things at the wall. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, guys, this record sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst. The round and round we go, we go. Like call back to Aaron Drum. You know. Yeah. Like. It's really nice lyrical dovetailing once again. Stupid Cody. Does anybody know who Lady Blue is? Uh, no, I do not. We may never know. I think Unless you're Lady Cody. Blue, Kyle. Cody comes on the podcast. Cody, you got to come tell us, man. Yeah, please. Is Kyle and Lady Blue? I want him to be Lady Blue so bad. I'm Lady Dark Blue. <laughs> Lady <laughs> Navy. Oh, <laughs> Keeping with the sea theme. Yeah, yeah, let's move exactly. on to Lady track Lady. number six. Eddie. Made to Petty. <laughs> Look out, track six. Um... Shit, guys, another top ACB song for me. Oh, it's really? a top one. This one yes, right. this guitar tone is perfect. It is really phenomenal. It is it is the epitome of what you want an electric guitar to sound like. It's a little dirty, but so clear. Yes, okay. Weird comparison, but but <laughs> you know, being the comparison guy, does the guitar line in the first part of this song? It reminds me of Little Wing by Jimi Hendrix. I was gonna oh, say totally. it's kind of John Mayery, which is obviously yeah. very Jimi Hendrix. Like. They're leaning into the, like the blues guitar thing on this song, especially. Like it's it like yeah, there yeah, there's some similarities. That's there. uncanny. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's also so much Rhodes piano mm-hmm. on this mm-hmm. record, which I never clocked. Mm-hmm. I never knew. I think it's part of why I like this album, even though I didn't it, think about it. You know, it was right. just like one of those yeah, textures that I liked. Yeah, but it's there. It's just there. Well, and it's like yeah. even like even just looking at like the cover of it, you're like, yeah, that a Rhodes would fit on this record. Like it just seems 100%. like it would fit. Yep. Over any of their other sure. stuff. Also, this song, Kylan, I I wrote a note. Is this the most Kylan moment on this album? 
because I because I actually wrote it on Lady Blue during the part where it says, Lady, you're a lure dancing on the bar. Because that just feels like a Kylan line. <laughs> but then but then on this song, I kind of like, I was like, no, never mind. This is the most Kylan moment. But I don't know. I'm still conflicted. Like, you got to settle it for me. Which one is it? Which one feels yeah, which, more Kylan? Which, which moment? Which moment on this, on here? Yeah. On this song? Oh, like when the guitar kicks in at the very beginning. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I thought you were talking about a lyrical moment. No, it was either um, the guitar on this on this song or the or the moment overall on moment on Lady Blue where there's that the drum. I think this one. Bass. I, I think yeah. I think yeah, that you said it was a top ten. That makes sense. Top ten, then it's gotta be. I didn't even say top ten. I just said top ACB song. Oh, so I don't know just where top. it's gonna land. Numero but guys, there's more sweet sweet bass on this song. It's true. Oh, the bass is so fucking good. And the line, if all the world's a stage, then it's not mine. Like, uh, like, okay. Okay. But Kylan, I'm going to call you out a little bit. Why? Because, because you specifically (laughs) during son, I loved you brought up how you hated the sort of like high school senior English paper. Like, Oh, I read some plays and books and this is in that milieu. Like this is in that. No, but if you think about it in context of the whole record, yeah, I mean, Shakespeare references are fine. I mean, he obviously, like, according to the band LFO, Billy Shakespeare (laughs) wrote a whole bunch of sonnets. You know, like, (laughs) like we're all, like, basically every cliche that we know as a culture, in some form or another, like, can be attributed to Shakespeare completely. But to be clear, I totally love it. I'm just trying to like. No, I get. Hear, it, I get. I'm trying to like make him pick your brain it. a little bit. Yeah, right. But so why that one was here? like? I think. I think the the context of the whole song and the whole record it just felt more immature. This feels like it. Like it feels more it's intentional. An and and when use. you take it in context with. The, the rest of the lyrics on the song, the rest right. of the lyrics on the record, it feels like a much more intentional reference. It's a literary you know, reference with a purpose, not just like to be impressive. It has right, that emotional like, honesty too that I feel like you hook into kind yeah. of. Like you're yeah. like, he's not just yeah, saying exactly. this to try to sound smart. Like he's saying this because like he thinks it, he believes it. That's really how he feels. Right. Yeah. yeah. Nailed it. Again, I love the line and I agree with you. I just like I mean, he also it. says we can't keep water from freezing, which if you just took that, the air is so thin, which I think the is a great line too. So thin. I, yeah, I, yeah, but if you take it, yeah, you got to take it in context with everything else. Like for sure. Yeah, I mean, the very first song that I wrote when I was fifteen was about all just water. references to to Romeo and Juliet. Like nice. the first line of the song is "In Fair Verona, where we lay our scene, two lovers live in a dream." <laughs> It's like, and that's like just cheesy and shitty when you're 15. But, you know, after you've like lived life and like actually had experiences, if I were to now write a song and reference a specific line from Romeo and Juliet, you would do it with purpose. Well, I, and I would hope that it would come across as like more intentional. Yep. And not just like, Oh my God! I've only you know I'm 15. I've only read like 20 books in my life. Yeah, not and just I, doing this, like making a reference clever. for references' sake. Yeah. Right. right, exactly. And to to your point, he uses that line really effectively to talk about being disenfranchised with the music scene, maybe yeah. the alternative Christian music scene specifically. Mm-hmm. Possibly, possibly. It's a great song. 
Like, and it's very meta. It's like, mm-hmm. here, because like, if you think about it contextually, right? At the time, we, you know, we get this album for a while after. We didn't know if there was going to be another album or any right. further music from, from Cody and the gang. And this music is, this song is almost his sort of, it's like his, uh, what's it called? Martin Luther when he nailed the thing on the wall. Thank you. It's that. It's like his thesis against the the music industry that he's been a part Mm -hmm. of and being kind of disenfranchised with it. Like, yeah. And for the fan listening, it's like, it it does hit you in those feels and it does make those lines work um, that you might critique otherwise because you're like, ugh. Like, Cody's so over it, and I just want more music from him, but I also don't blame him for being right. kind of, like, yeah, yeah. bummed out and, and tired <laughs> and overwhelmed by it all. So I love the tune. It's it's great. It's Like I said, it's a top It's a top one for me. Josh, is it a top one for you? It's not a top one for me, but I do love it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love specifically how the bridge kind of meanders but mm. it's like intentionally going somewhere like it doesn't ever feel like they're just like we're like i don't know what to do here there's like always something cool like it's just a weird thing because i'm like if i had to think of the bridge for the song i'm like it's not memorable but then like you're listening to it like oh yeah i know this part like and like that guitar line or solo that comes in at two minutes and 29 seconds is so, so weird but so good yeah and i feel it like really that just is. is like that's kind of this record like it's meandering, but with a purpose, and like it never feels. I wouldn't lost. expect anything less from Louisiana's finest jazz finest band. Finest jazz band. <laughs> <laughs> they know where they're going. Speaking of jazz band, let's move on to track number seven, "Daughter." Well Which done, Kylan. is the most, like, the closest to an actual, like, jazz song yes, they in reached... all of ACB's discography. 100%. They've reached their ultimate form. The prophecy <laughs> has finally been fulfilled. They are officially yeah. Louisiana's finest it's jazz band. It's jazz band right here on this song. You've got brushes. The drums are played with brushes. You've got, like, walking bass lines. You've got some, like... Some noodling, yeah, jazz noodles, <laughs> slash blues, slash jams, very slash, yeah, very bluesy, like, smoky twenties lounge band. I don't even know, mm-hmm. man. It's all of it. It's so good, and it's heartbreaking and heavy. And it beautiful. really is. This feels of a piece with um, Lady Blue. Yes, definitely. yeah, yeah. They they do feel like sister tracks. See what I did or there? Daughter tracks. Oh, <laughs> daughter tracks. <laughs> what? <laughs> Be good to your daughters. That's that's what this song was gonna be, and then John Mayer wrote that. They're like, Dang it, we gotta. It just has to be daughter now. Yeah, no, it was called daughters, and then they heard that song, and you just see like Cody just walks up to the whiteboard and just erases the S, (laughs) kind of sighs a little bit, walks away. Now they were gonna be daughters. Lady Blue is gonna be one, and this one was gonna be another one, but now it's just one. Yeah. Yeah, this has to be like the most sparse and chill. As City's mm-hmm. Burn song, but yeah. like it still totally works. And that piano, that Rhodes, oh, it's just beautiful. I love the line. I'd say I'd change, but I wouldn't believe it. Like that's a good Oof. line. Yeah. 
That is a great writing. There's a lot in this that I could again. Pull out. This whole yeah yeah. Like they cut the. It's because my legs they don't forget and it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like you just want to like melt into this song. Like I just want a glass of whiskey and to have them play this like twenty feet away from me, like behind like the right side of my head. You know what on I mean? Loop, like I want to sit in a loop, dark even. bar. They could just play for an hour, looking off. But they're yes, yeah. They they just played this song for an hour. I would be more than happy. (laughs) (laughs) You probably have to pay them a good bit to get them to play the same song for an hour, right? But But it would be worth every penny. That's like the vibe that I get from this song, and that's just one hundred percent. Like, yeah, it feels meandering, but with a purpose. That's such like yes, that's and that line. We don't know how we got here. The way is overgrown too. It's just like. I don't know, man. I think at times I've cried to this song. I, I'm pretty sure. It's so good. It's so yeah. fucking good. <laughs> like, how did they do this? Like, like, okay, we talked about, or, or I talked about on the last record, how they did a similar thing to um, bands like Thrice, like where they did this sort of like chilled out, like groovy version of the band. This whereas is the a lot alchemy of these, index of Acid's Burn. Whereas a lot of these other bands, it took like five or six records to get to that point. They did it on their mm-hmm. second record. Yeah. And then on this record, yeah. How did they how did they make a record that feels meandering but intentional? That feels like every song has enough space to like breathe and grow and change but plenty of hooks and still feel big and And be less than an hour long be like 40 minutes long and the last track which is like a bonus track is like six minutes long yeah so like like this whole thing is like what like 35 minutes but i feel like like it's it's supernatural like it is like Beyond it's some Spielberg shit, man. I'm telling you. Like <laughs> it is. It's true, man. It's next it level. Blows my mind. Yeah. God, this record sucks. <laughs> and I think Yeah, we hate it. I think a lot of it has to do with what we've talked about it being very much Cody's kind of like little passion project. Like there was so much vision. There's a real pure kind of focus about this album mm-hmm. that you know, to the other album's credits, they're 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 sprawling and there's a little more going on kind of instrumentally and more more of those like wall of sound moments and even Come Now Sleep being a little more ambient, a little more laid back than obviously Son I Loved You, it still feels very stuffed. There's like there's a lot in it and I love mm-hmm. it and I wouldn't change anything about it. But right. it's like we've said, like this album is the synthesis of like kind of one two-ish people that have really just honed their skills both like from a writing and from a musicianship perspective yeah um and it's it's just it's just incredible it sucks it's stupid it makes me so mad (laughs) okay because let's move on to track number eight pirate blues You guys want to hear my first note on this but song? I knew what it is. What is it? Shit. 
This album might be my favorite of all time. (laughs) (laughs) There it is, man. I don't know, but this song is so fucking good. I wrote absolute catharsis. Like, full stop. And the the whole like major key build thing, yes. which feels really different for Acidy's Burn, but you come Especially out of Especially coming out of Daughter. Yes. Right. It's a massive lift and expansion, and it's perfect. This is the song that John and I covered in Lonely Bones. Oh, okay. I was wondering which one it was. Yeah, because it's those simple major chords, but they're this they're is effective. an album. This is a soundtrack to the best movie I've never seen. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like yes, ah. yes. This is like the third act moment, like the pinnacle. Also, I gotta say, when all the hipsters were going Gaga from Mumford and Sons and like Avid Brothers or doing Edward their kind of like, like yeah, anthemic this... big thing, I yeah. was over there just like I've been there and done that, idiots. Like <laughs> ACB invented this, and y'all missed it somehow. So sorry. Yeah, they just they missed it because there wasn't banjo. That's the only I reason guess, why. But this is Little this Lion Man, but yeah, way sure. better. Like. And here, guys, this is it. This is the culmination of our entire series because Chekhov's daddy has checked in, baby. Check, like, oh, yeah? daddy. <laughs> I've got it in my notes, too. Like, <laughs> this goes goes back again to what Cody is so good at, of this, like, specificity. From the very beginning, before you, your mom and dad used to smoke in the Texas sun. Mm-hmm. They were young once, too. And your mom, she found Jesus while your old man stepped out and drew up his veins. Woo! Yeah! Yeah! Man! Then, like, that's invoking... like the Pixar level of exposition happening. Yeah. Like, For sure, but it's such so a specific. payoff. If you've, if, you've, if you've been paying attention from the beginning, this yep. is the fucking payoff right here, man. Thematically. Yeah. yeah. But then he expands out to like mythic stuff and he brings up the four horsemen of the apocalypse in the same song. Like, and it works. I don't know how. I don't know how you do that. Is this, is this the perfect CJN song? (laughs) Is this everything? Is this, is the Venn diagram of all the things we love in music, like a, (laughs) a perfect circle of this song? Like, again, you got the nautical theme, right? Like, I mean, pirate blues. I still get goosebumps, like really throughout this song, but especially when Aaron does, the crazy fill at three minutes and 15 seconds and things just like oh, where blast things off pick up and go wild. I lose yeah. my mind even now, like l- every time, even right now as we're listening to it, I'm losing my mind. This is like the most drummer part two to be like, all right, we're just going to go fast now and you have to catch yeah, up. Like, exactly. Yes. <laughs> I, I can see this happening when they're writing this in the practice room and Aaron's just like, I'm doing this. And Cody's like, okay, like that's the most drummer thing. And I got to tell you, when we played this live, I am sure that I went way too fast for both John oh, yeah, yeah, and Kat. Yeah. You went twice Every time. <laughs> yeah. And then back to the big anthemic hits. Big. Four on the floor. And I just love when Cody's just yelling. Oh. It's just so good. Jeez. Oh, say you don't know if uh, you don't. I did not notice how much Rhodes there was on this record. Kylan? That's what I'm saying. It, like, like so I was good. saying at the very beginning, like, like this listen through, it felt like almost like a first listen through, like especially yes. noticing the roads and the piano on this song in particular has that really cool, like Leslie effect. 
<laughs> where it's not exactly in time, but it does that like phase out the warble um, for pe- yeah. for people that don't know, like like a Leslie uh, cabinet is like a spinning. It's a cabinet that has like a little spinning thing on top. Picture two megaphones, like two horns. Yeah. Back to back. And they spin and you can you can change the frequency in which they spin. So the cool thing about this is like it's not matched up to the BPM and it fluctuates. So it'll go like Yeah, it's so cool. It's so cool. If I edit this episode, I'm just gonna like make that part I'm just gonna make that part go on for like thirty seconds. You should you should people just think that y'all were really committed to doing that. Please, please we just do that. like yeah, do an auto pan and make that. They're like, wow, they oh, are so into talking about how Leslie cabinets work. Like, I mean, Leslie <laughs> they really love Leslie. Rad as hell. So they are, they are very cool. I don't know if this is if this is my favorite ACB song. It might be based might on be. my mood. I mean, it might be mine. To it be honest, be. it might be. But it's like, so different. It's That's the weirdest thing. Okay, I, we're going to get into it because the rest of this record is like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, <laughs> none of true. these songs That's are true. like like any of the other songs, but it works so well. So what were you saying? <laughs> oh, I was just going to say the last line, oh, say you don't know if you don't, is like, again, it feels like this kind of thesis statement or like just like a summary statement of like kind of what ACB's been about lyrically this whole time. Yeah. And it just feels like this nice kind of like period on the sentence almost of the album. Like, obviously there's two more tracks, but like thematically this feels like an ending. And that last line feels like an intentional choice for to be the last line. But then they've got that little outtake stuff of like the background screaming and like the laughing yeah. and stuff. Like but it's so good. So they've got some, they, there's a little sense of humor too, you know, it's like mm-hmm. very serious, but then also a little like wink at the same time which I'm a big sucker for, so. Well, yeah, and I think that goes along with, like, the subject matter of this song. They could have kept it real minor key and dirgy and, like, chill and somber, but they're like, yeah, we'll pair these lyrics and, like, the vibe with, like, that major key sound of, like, and once again, like, if you didn't know what he was saying about it, you're like, oh, this sounds like a very happy song. Again, right. Like, mm-hmm. very much Aaron Rum kind of in that sense. Yes. Yeah. And it just works. This album sucks. I hate it. This album yeah. sucks. This is the worst album we've ever covered. <laughs> I can't believe we did this miniseries. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on to track number nine. Oh wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Oh, what? I'm sorry. What? I'm what? sorry. You should be this sorry. Is, this is this is the best. What what really makes me mad is this song, according to Stickman Ben on Lyric Genius, uh, according to Aaron Lunsford, the drummer. Byra Blues was written in a single night of drinking in the studio with Cody Bonnet. They wrote the whole song while hammered and decided to change nothing when they approached the song again later, sober. They're like, it's perfect, as I it is. That. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, the best songs are written like that. But like, <laughs> could you ever write this song in that state of mind? I couldn't. I don't know. No way. Uh, TJ, our song, It Don't Mean Shit to Me, <laughs> might be... It's pretty good, man. You had it's to invoke ne- it's that the song, next huh? Pirate Blues. Yeah. Oh man. Okay, we're gonna change. We're gonna that. change. It don't mean shit to me. We're gonna change <laughs> Pirate the, Blues the, to the Electric track. Boogaloo. <laughs> Electric Pirate Blues, Blues Part Two. <laughs> Great. 
And but we won't change the song at all. Nice right? and blue pirate title. blues part two. Part two. <laughs> <laughs> nice and pirate blues part two. It's <laughs> good. I love that double uh, double oh. reference. Yeah, but the lyrics will be the same. No change it's in all... lyrics. <laughs> I actually really like that song. We need we it's should revisit one. it. It's good. Maybe we should. On the preconceived notion. Wait, Josh, you don't know that song? I think it. No, I. I think I for, I, I'd forgotten about that one. Oh yeah. One. Yeah yeah. I mean, I, I forget about it, too, because we were hammered when we were. Oh, yeah, that that's song. a deep drunk cut. That was pretty fun. All right. Track number nine. So, OK, is this is, is this next track the like official last track of the record? Correct. Yes. OK. All right. Here we go. Track number nine. Capo. <laughs> What in the Franz Ferdinand fuck is this song? Yeah, man, is this Interpol? <laughs> like, what's going on? I wrote the hives. Oh, mm. oh yeah, that too. This so is my groovy. favorite Hawkboy song. Oh, yeah. Yep, exactly. This is just Sick like the burn. perfect transition to like what comes next. Exactly. Right. They're all about those transitions, man. So the fun thing is uh, this morning, because because I've been talking to my wife about like doing this mini series. And the funny thing is, she says she's never listened to an Acidies Burn song, but I can guarantee, like, I can tell you the specific part of which highway we were on and the specific day in which I've shown her no less than 10 different Acidies Burn songs. <laughs> uh, but in her mind, she hasn't listened to one. And I played this song for her this morning. And she's like, this is really good. What is this? I was like, this is Acidies Burn. So I played her this and then Pirate Blues right after. She's like, oh, nice. I really like this. Like, She's like, yeah. I never listened to Acidies Burn because I always assumed they were just like a hardcore band. I was like, well, that was like their first record. And they like, were. trying to explain the whole thing. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I should. You know what? I'm going to listen to this miniseries. You did it, man. Uh, nice. Like, we got a new she's fan. Like, I really like this. This is really good. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> why do you think we're talking about it? <laughs> We're covering their entire discography. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. I love it, man. That's so good. Yeah, this song is a left turn, man. This in the is best way. Such a weird song. But so weird. Such a great song. It's like it's so weird. Like all the stuff that's happening in it, but like also arrangement wise, it's a verse one, a chorus, a break, a chorus again, mm. and then like a bridge. Like there's no second verse to it. Yeah. Yep. And not only that, it's Cody, and then another vocalist, and then another vocalist. Right. Like, that neither of those other two are in the band at all, and never show up again, you know? Like, it's such a strange beast, but a great it sounds like, beast. It sounds like, like they wrote Pirate Blues while drunk, also <laughs> wrote and recorded Capo, and then went back the next day and was like, oh, Pirate Blues is really good. Oh shit! What's this other thing that we did? <laughs> this thing? I forgot. Do you remember doing this? No, I don't. Yeah, um, the other vocalists are uh, Robert of Jonesetta and Micah Boyce. I think I'm saying his last name right. Of So Long Forgotten, and I adore their vocals. I always knew it was Joan. The Jonesetta guy was in there, but I didn't know that the there was another vocalist in there until yeah. you mentioned it. Yeah, a So while Long ago. Forgotten, man. I might have to add that to my wish list. Um, I don't think I know them. to cover. They're great. Yeah, they're really either. cool. I think I think y'all would 
dig them. This is Robert singing the bridge, though, right? From, uh, from Jonesetta. This part right now is the guy from Song Forgotten. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. His voice works so perfect for that bridge. I love it. it. Does. It's like yeah. yeah, so so unique, if you will. Yeah. Um, it makes something move in my chest. <laughs> but no, I love it. Okay, just to be honest, this is one of my favorite ACB songs. Like I've always said, Contact is my favorite, and Capo is my second favorite. Like this is again the weirdest Absidy's Burn song. Yeah, but it's just too good. Like it's it at least like anything else that that they've done. Yeah. Yes. So and it's but, very pop. Like it's dancing. Yeah. The verses. Pop. The verses are. Uh, it's straight up cake. Right. Yep. Yep. Like it sounds like cake. I, I think it's like the super tight drums and the shaker. Yep. Uh huh. Is very yeah. totally. But yeah. I love it. Long jacket. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. you exactly. could do a like they just need a vibra slap in there. Yep. And then yeah, it's a cake <laughs> and then it's song. Cake song. <laughs> Boom. Oh, and also like this song to me reveals how they have made like simplicity a weapon that they yeah. wield very well. Across this record, there are moments that are like very sparse and simple. The instrumental choices seem very intentional because they're not always there. Like the part, the different parts kind of come and go. But this song specifically, I think, reveals that like you can write a simple song and it can still be a banger. Yeah. You know? I mean, and, and I think having the multiple vocalists and stuff, like, I mean, I was joking about them like doing this while drunk, but this this really does feel like. Like they're having a party in the studio. Having having recorded a lot of projects and been in a lot of bands and stuff, this does feel like, you know, two thirds of the way of like tracking this album. They just like had some friends come over. Right. And we're like, we need a palate cleanser. It's their let loose song. Because yeah. we've been just like, we've been doing this one very specific thing for so long. Yeah. They were like, grinding. We need to like... It was just Cody and Aaron for a, probably like, a while. Yeah, like we need to like let off some steam and just fucking hang out. Yeah. Like a good hangout song. <laughs> yeah. And still the lyrics rule. Like, right. It's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's this idea of like kind of being done, kind of being overwhelmed, like exhausted, tapped out. Like there's even the sound of a, a door slamming in the background, mm-hmm. like a Foley mm-hmm. kind of thing, which I love. Like that's a nice touch. It's not too high in the mix you know it's just right. weird if you notice you know, everything is just done so well like the bass obviously gets your attention but i love the part at 241 or about right here where the guitar comes in just like so smooth and you have that kind of like ooh sound on the piano uh-huh oh just like that part is just so good and then yeah. at the end of the song you get the guitar playing the vocal melody of the chorus like to yes. end it, they don't go back yeah. to the chorus they're like we'll just play the guitar, like, oh, I love this song so much. So good. It rules. Something sucks. All right, guys. Yep. We're here. <laughs> Last song on the record. Last song of the bonus proper track. record. This is the, yeah, bonus track. I see. Right. Track number 10, Gates. <laughs> Bill or Cemetery? 
be. Yeah, this was always like the album only bonus track that you had to like on iTunes right. buy the whole record. So I like never had it until a couple of years ago. They finally like opened it up to where you could purchase the individual one. So I like never had it. So like I'm not buying this record again just for the one song. I don't know how this happened, but there was a time where it was available just as a single, and that's when I bought it, and I just always had it. Dang. But I actually didn't know for a long time that they added it to Hell or High Water. Oh, uh, I mean, like no Timothy, you, like before, <laughs> before true. even Hell or High Water, like you could just buy it before then. I don't remember the timeline actually. I just know that at one point, like I got it. I think I was on their email list or something, and I got an email about this track, and I was like, "I'm buying that right now," and it was just like a single. Um, Had they already been doing it live at that point? Do you remember? Probably, I think okay. so. I know they played it for a long. They had been playing it for a while. Um, the instrumental, the little like kind of washy guitar version of the that "I Love You, Lord," and then I left my voice mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. How do we feel about that? We like it. We hate it. Neutral. I love it. I love it. It's so good. This track is so good. It mirrors Timothy a lot. I feel like. Yeah. It feels the most like early, early 2000s emo. Yes. To me, it reminds me a lot of, okay, I don't know if you guys know. I don't know if anyone knows. There's a band in the mid 2000s called 100 Year Storm. Uh, hmm. They have one record. They were on a label. I don't remember which label. I opened for them. So their whole sound was like Angels and Airwaves meets Explosions in the Sky meets like Nice. Like Appleseed cast. And that's what like this reminds me of. So I just want to, I want to say that like shout out to anyone that remembers hundred year storm because nice. I opened for them at a show with like 15 people and they put on even for those 15 fucking people put on one of the best live performances I've ever seen. Very cool. But this reminds me of that, like that very like early kind of ambient emo. Yeah. Uh, like I said, like, like Appleseed cast a little like explosions in the sky and I love, like, the vocals feel like one-take vocals. I don't know if they, they are, but oh, they yeah. start to get really pitchy halfway through. Like, it yeah. feels like, like once again, to go back to the, like, the idea of, like, this translates well live, this feels like the most live experience. Yes. Yes, um, for sure. In the best way. I love it. Which that's yeah. what it feels like to me is like, this is a song that we do live. Like we're going to just record it so that like people can have it because they like this song instead of being like, this belongs on the record. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Because like that's it how I've always seen it was like, yeah, just a bonus. Like it's not like meant to be like part of the record, but it's like, hey, this is something we have that we can give to yep. Apple for an exclusive deal and get yep. a little extra kickback maybe. And how about the bookend of TJ coming back? Yeah, like that's see, that's, that's a why cool I think thing it, it, it about it being on the, the album. record. Yeah, because we get the bookend of TJ you starting like it with, with then, ending the record. Like, would you put it on the proper record? Hundred percent, hundred percent. I think I would too. Oh, I don't know because, if I like would. I said, like like it mirrors Timothy. It, it like feels I like do, a sort uh, of yes, like I do like that catharsis. Like at the mm-hmm. end of the record. Yeah, I think it needs it, man. Uh, hmm. I think I think Capo is just such a weird ending. I've that, always like, loved that Capo. Capo, just Capo you like, is what? almost, but Capo is so different. It's almost like, like 
Capo feels like more of a last minute kind of add on than right. Gates does. Like Gates yeah. makes the whole thing feel a little more cohesive to me. Thematically, mm. I agree. Like yeah. like because it's this big kind of anthemic thing, it feels like a really strong closer. But I would say Pirate Blues could have been a closer and they could have just switched the track list as Capo being the second to last track in the Pirate For Blues. For sure. Could have been coming closer. out a daughter. I could say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be interesting. That would be interesting. But this also works really well, especially lyrically, like this idea of compassion kind of being like the underlying energy with it just feels really strong and like kind of calling out like the gates of hell i don't know it's just like it's kind of metal man (laughs) but it's it's strong you know i'll have to read because i've only because i don't remember when like spotify put this on the record with the like with the rest of the songs but i haven't like really had a lot of time to live with this as like like listening to it as like part of of, record yeah as like right auditioning it for the end of the record so i'm still in the part like it's hard for me to be like anything but capo it just feel, it feels more like a bonus track to yeah you. but right. that's because i haven't spent a lot of time with it as yep. the end of the record so it's you've interesting got that y'all context there and tj that you've had it for a long time and you yep. s- see it that way so yep hmm. yeah that's entirely based on my like that amount of years i think that i've, I've spent yeah. the track no, i like that so. though i mean I, f- I feel like that means that there's more for me to like glean and like appreciate about this song as time will go on i think so i hope so yeah it it feel it, it feels like an album opener in the same way it feels like a show closer like yes. it feels like they did their like big their their biggest song that everyone knows but it's like the lights are about to come up in the venue mm-hmm. everyone's starting to close out their tabs but they do this like big thing and it's like this experience that everyone has together yeah, I think I read that they have opened and closed with this song. Nice. At different shows. Another fun fact is I recorded this song with John. With a guested on our last... <laughs> uh, I wish. God, man, that would be a miracle. Um, with John, who was on our last episode uh, for Wait, one of my hold recording on. classes TJ. at DBU. TJ, what's your last name? Uh, Bonnet. Wait. Whoa, this whole time. <laughs> oh my god. That would be a crazy twist. This that whole time Smith was just a pseudonym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I wish. Okay, I wish. so you recorded this with John at DBU? Yeah, for one of my recording classes at the nice. CFNI studio. And it was probably the loudest thing that's ever happened in that studio. In Randy's Randy Adams studio? Yep. Nice. In the basement. Yeah. It was just us. It was late. I got the late night slot, and I was really happy about that. Yeah, we just made a lot of noise. Light. Yeah, it was oh, great. Very nice. You don't have that still, do you? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's lost to time. Bummer. Bummer. Yeah. Just imagine how good it was. I am. <laughs> I imagine it's pretty great. As great as this record, though, Kylan? What? Can you imagine <laughs> it was as great as this record? Because, I mean, this record is kind of... Eh. <laughs> this record yeah. sucked, y'all. This, this is sucks, the worst man. record <laughs> that we've ever covered. I, I don't know, know man. I'm guys, so. Is this better than Come Now Sleep? I think so, oh, man. I think it? so. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yes. So I've been going through it's this all day. Be. It might be. Um, <laughs> I realize though what I'm gonna have to do because okay, the very beginning of this, I said Heller High Water was my number one. 
but Come Now Sleep was my number one for a long time. Then we covered Come Now Sleep. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I think this might be my number one. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to this again and I'm like, uh oh. Oh, she so <laughs> What I think I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to do something unprecedented on this podcast. By the time we do our last episode, I'm going to have to, you know, well, we talked about how this whole record is like a synthesis of like everything ACB, like everything that's come before. I'm going to do something similar and I'm going to take some of Josh's statistical analysis, maybe use TJ's thumb system. (laughs) And I'm going to have to go through (laughs) me, the vibe guy. I'm going to go through track by track. I think I'm going to have to go through track by track. Wow. And like, not only like, a B these two records, but A C B these two records. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be a thin margin, but one of them's got to come out on top, and I don't know it's which. True. I'm happy to say I stand by my ranking. After really? After okay. This. Okay. Yeah. But I love, I love that you're so conflicted, man. I, I can't wait to see what happens. Regardless and I the was result. the Come Now Sleep guy from the beginning. I know. And then I listened to and this. And now, jo- yeah. We recorded our Come Now Sleep episode, and I was like, obviously, we're singing his praises. I listened to this, and the next day, I'm like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Like, what am I, I going to do? Dude, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. That was the thing, because I, I was pretty, I was like, pretty confident that this was my number one when we did our first episode. And then we did Come Now Sleep, and I sat with that record for like a week. And I was like, oh, no, th- this all reminds me why Come Now Sleep was, like, always my number one. And then we came back to this record again, man. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be so hard. It is. So, Josh, where where are you at right now? They're, they're neck and neck right now. I'm going to keep the – I'm going to push off so we can keep the 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 tension building through the end of the main series yeah but they're neck and neck right now like for me what i think is going to end up happening i think it's going to come down to to josh making us pick our top 10 ac whichever album has more i think it's going to be whichever of these two albums has the majority favorite songs on that top 10 i think it's gonna be as that'll be the tipping point that's that's not a bad way to look at it i know but that's like ooh, that's like neck and neck dude i can't wait all right so i think we did it uh thank you guys so much for listening so next week guys what are we covering next week are we covering another acidies burn record in a way is that a hawk does that is that how a hawk sounds how did it get in here I'm a hawk. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Let's go with that one. (laughs) Sounds a little boyish to me. Yeah, I think boy hawk. I think I brought the hawk. I got turned into a hawk by a boy witch. (laughs) We got both. Ah! (laughs) Oh no! Isaac, the boy witch is back. Isaac Horowitz turned me into a hawk. (laughs) To a hawk boy. Oh no! (laughs) All the world's a. the stage, but it is Kylan's. It is <laughs> my wonderful Huck Boy impression. <laughs> but yes, to answer your question, oh, Kylan, we will be continuing on with Cody and Aaron's musical journey and covering Hawk Boy and a little bit of ACB at the end as well. Cool. Before we venture into our final episode That's fun. of the reunion album. 
Yeah. All right. So, yeah, guys, uh, let us know what you think. What are your rankings of Acidies Burn records? Are you a diehard? Do you love Acidies Burn come hell or high water? Now, sleep. <laughs> now, sleep. <laughs> Tyler or have you loved them sleeps, even at no. their darkest? they slept. Or do, or do these all, all these episodes just make you scream through the walls with, with like mangling facts? Um, yeah, nice. check us out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Church Jams Now. And we got more bonus content coming this whole year at patreon.com slash Church Jams Now podcast. May all your favorite bands stay together. Peace out, Monfres. But only if they're Chekhov's jazz band. Chekhov's daddy's jazz band. Burner and air, doo doo doo. Damn, 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 damn. Church jams now. Hell or high water could not have happened without the help of Tyler Orr, Robert Chisholm, Jay Ham, and Tyler Schwind. Produced and engineered by Tyler Orr and Cody Bonnet at First Street Studio. Mixed by Brad Wood at Seagrass Studio. Mastered by Troy Glessner at Spectre Studio. Additional production by Jay Ham and Robert Chisholm. Additional drum production by John Thomas Price. Background vocals on Lady Blue, recorded by Jay Ham at Iconoclast Studio. Micah Boyce appears courtesy of Come and Live. Robert Chisholm appears courtesy of Tooth and Nail Records. A&R by Chad Johnson in the beginning and Jonathan Dunn towards the end. Art direction by Jordan Butcher and Cody Bonnet. Design and photos by Jordan Butcher. The Rat King woodcut cover image by Len Clark at Legendary Shark Press. All songs copyright 2009 Thirsty Moon River Publishing, ASCAP, and Are You the Man Now, ASCAP, except Capo, copyright 2009, Thirsty Moon River Publishing, ASCAP, Are You the Man Now, ASCAP, Bobby Dove Music, ASCAP, and Micah Boyle Publishing Designy, ASCAP. Thank you. Well, <laughs> well,